There are two scriptures this morning. The first one is in Ephesians chapter 5, and the second in Colossians, a few pages back, chapter 3. So let's start with Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Good morning. We ask for God's blessing on the reading and the preaching of His Word this morning. If you didn't get a copy of the handout, the outline, if you'll raise your hand, uh, somebody will see that you get one. What can we do with a song? What can a song do? Well, a song can do many things, actually. With songs, we can tell someone that we love them and express the deepest feelings of our heart. Some of us will not admit it, but some of us are old enough to remember a great love song of our generation that proclaimed, she loves me, yeah, yeah, she loves me, yeah, yeah. Don't pretend you don't know what I'm talking about. With songs, we can express our patriotism and our love for our country. At the seventh inning stretch of Wednesday's World Series game, more than 37,000 Americans stood at attention to sing God Bless America. The pain and suffering of discrimination and injustice has given a voice of hope in the words, We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe that someday we will overcome. Songs have a power to take us to other places. If you've ever seen someone walking along with earplugs and an iPod, you know that they are no longer on the planet. Joy, sorrow, our deepest feelings, our greatest longings all gain powerful voice in song and allow us to share them with others. You should never discount the power of music. You should never underestimate the power of a song. Songs have changed people's lives. Songs have brought people to awareness, have called people to arms, have united them in a common cause. So yes, there are a great many things that a song can do. But of course, our concern is not with music or songs in general. This morning, we want to know what can we do with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We want to know what we can accomplish when we make melody in our hearts. The short answer, of course, is as we sing, we can sing our praise, we can give God thanks, we can teach, we can admonish, we can encourage each other. 
Brother Everett Ferguson has written a helpful book called The Church of Christ. It's a study of the doctrine of the church. And in the section on worship and music, he writes, the biblical passages about singing offer a rich doctrinal content to the activity of singing. And for our lesson this morning, which is part two, last week's lesson, I want to consider that biblical content. I want to impress on us the spiritual power of our songs, to underscore that singing is not just a pleasant activity, but an important activity and a valued part of our worship and our life together. So to begin with, first, we preach Christ with our songs. The Bible makes preaching like other leadership roles in worship the responsibility of men. But when each of us, men and women alike, raise our voices to praise Christ in song, we are, in fact, proclaiming Him to the world. When we sing about Christ, we are telling a lost world the old, old story of Jesus and His love. We write the story of Jesus deep on every heart that hears. In our songs, we tell the story of Jesus' birth, His ministry, His suffering, His death, and His resurrection. Some of our songs draw on the themes and subjects of His teaching. And in our songs, we give expression to our hope that He will come again soon. Our joy that He's coming soon. Christ for the world we sing. And in doing so, we give the world our Savior. So song can do something very important. The New Testament church used hymns to teach Jesus. One of the great examples is found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 11. Would you turn there, please? Philippians 2, verse 6 through 11. Or beginning in verse 5, I'm sorry. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in, in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Another example is found in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16. And one of the most magnificent hymns of all is found in the book, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. These passages and passages like them are the hymns of the early church. They are written in a hymnic style. And in every one of those songs, the subject is Christ. And the subject is salvation in Christ. And that's what we are proclaiming in our songs. Second, we confess our faith in our songs. And I think maybe here are some of our, are some of our favorite songs. Does Jesus care? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. I know my Savior cares. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear my burdens alone. 
My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. O for a faith that will not shrink, nor murmur, nor repine. We are confessing our faith, our conviction in God, our faith and our trust in God. In another sense, our songs declare our faith. Our songs say, this is what I believe. This is my hope. One of our songs says, and I know whom I have believed. And another that we know so well, there is no other way. There is no other way but to trust and obey. Hebrews 13 and verse 15 speaks of the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. The word translated acknowledge in Hebrews 13:15 also means praise. And it often means confess. In the book of Psalms, the word is often connected to the command to sing. Confess and sing. So singing is one way we can make the good confession. That we can declare our trust in God and confess our faith in Jesus who is Lord. We sing to express the indwelling spirit and the word of Christ. We looked at Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 last week. And the command in those verses is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the statements and the words that follow, Paul explains what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And one of the things that he meant by being filled with the Spirit is that we address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In Colossians 3.16, we are commanded to allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. It is that indwelling word that we are to communicate in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In this point, I'm not suggesting anything at all Pentecostal or charismatic, but simply saying that God's spirit does dwell in us. His word dwells in us. The Spirit and the Word are part of our spiritual life. They are part of our spiritual experience. They they are at work in us to transform us. They are at work in us to support us in our prayers, to help us grow. And so our songs give expression to that. I like Brother Ferguson's statement here. He says, singing is the result of being filled with the Spirit and possessing the Word of Christ. The Spirit and the Word belong together, and vocal praise is a consequence of their presence. I think that underscores an important point that I made at the end of last week's sermon. Some of us regularly excuse ourselves from the singing. I don't like to sing, and my voice isn't good. I'd rather listen. And some do, just sit and listen, and sometimes listen critically, and don't add their voices to that of their brothers and sisters. But when we do that, we're disobeying God. And we're quenching His Spirit. And we're denying His Word. Fourth, when we worship God in song, we're joining in the worship of heaven. Well, I don't mean that heaven sings our little songs, but rather... As they sing and as we sing, we praise God. Singing is a significant part of heavenly worship. There are passages in Revelation that emphasize the singing of heaven. Look at Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8. And then look at verses 10 and 11. And then look at 
Revelation 5, verse 8 through 12. The four living creatures, the 24 elders, all of heaven offer worship to God and to Christ in song. And so when they do and when we sing our songs of praise, our songs are joined to glorify God and to express our devotion. We sing, Christ, we do all adore thee, and we do praise thee forever. Or here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. Or worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb that was slain, which comes from Revelation 4 and 5. You are the Lord of creation and Lord of my life, Lord of the land and the sea. You were Lord of the heavens before there was time, and Lord of all lords you will be. Majesty. Worship His majesty. And from a song that we don't sing, name of all majesty, fathomless mystery, king of the ages by angels adored, power and authority, splendor and dignity, bow to His mastery, Jesus is Lord. Number 956 in our songbook. Again, drawn from the thoughts and worship and praise of heaven recorded in Revelation 4 and 5. And which of us doesn't know the music to praise God from whom all blessings flow? Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Song, Son, and Holy Ghost. There will be a mighty, mighty chorus when those who sing praise to God on earth arrive at home at last to add our voices to the heavenly choir. And we pray that the day will come quickly when at last we no longer need to sing such songs as sing to me of heaven. Our songs can set our hearts in heaven and with heaven we can worship our heavenly Father. Songs do important things. With our songs we can encourage each other in our worship, we sing songs to God in praise, to be sure. But as we sing those songs, our songs also teach and admonish us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26, Paul writes, When you come together, each one has a hymn. Let all things be done for edification. In one of our songs, we reassure each other that no one, that no one ever cared for me like Jesus. And in the struggles and hardships and the battles of life, we need to be remembered that God will take care of us through every day, all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. We can encourage each other to be faithful followers of Jesus. His disciples ever be. Render not to any other what alone the Lord should be. We can strengthen each other. We can build each other up with the assurance that farther along, we'll know all about it. Further along, we'll understand why. And in our songs, we are drawn to remember that there is indeed a blessed tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. And we experience that tie so very much in our songs. With our songs... We give a demonstration of our unity. In Romans 15, verse 5 and 6, Paul says, Praise, may the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live 
in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, so that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our songs not only give voice to our unity, but they encourage our unity. Whether we sing the melody line or whether we blend our voices on the harmony line, in the songs we are reaching out to each other as one church. And our songs bring us together. We sing to each other, come, let us all unite. God is love. And let every heart rejoice and sing. And in the most simple of songs, we celebrate our common love for each other. A common gift to the Savior. A common bond holding us to the Lord. A common strength when we're weary. A common hope for tomorrow. A common joy in the truth of God's word. Our songs encourage us to worship God with our whole being and give expression to our deepest emotions. Again, I appreciate Brother Ferguson's statement. Singing engages the mind, the heart, the organ of speech, intellect, emotion, the physical self. The tongue is the instrument on which God is praised, and this is done from the heart and intelligibly. True-hearted, whole-hearted, and loyal, king of our lives, by thy grace we will be not only describes how we want to live before the Lord, but how we want to worship Him, how we want to sing. As we read through the Psalms, we find songs of lament and crisis. Songs that come from the depths of the dark night of the soul. Look at Psalm 88 for a, a wonderful example. We find great songs of joy and praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, Psalm 95 admonishes us. We find humble songs of thanksgiving from individuals and from the gathering of God's people. And James encourages us in this. In James chapter 5 and verse 13, he says, Are any of you cheerful? Are any of you cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. There is so much that we can do with our songs. We should see them as more than just something that we fill time with in worship. As something mama sang or whatever. But we should see them as powerful instruments for giving voice to things that really count in our life and our life together. We can preach Christ with our songs. We confess our faith with our songs. We sing to express the indwelling spirit and the indwelling word. When we worship God in song, we are joining the worship of heaven. With our songs, we demonstrate our unity. With our songs, we encourage each other. With our songs, we are encouraged to worship God with our whole being and give expression to our deepest emotions. I hope this encourages us to look beyond the pleasure that we find in songs beyond the pleasure of our hymns and beyond the memories that make songs dear to us and see it as an opportunity in song to serve God and to serve our brothers and sisters and to serve others. Let's love to sing because we love God to whom we sing and because we love our brothers and sisters and because we care for each other.
We need to sing as God ordained. As He authorized. And we talked last week how what God has ordained is singing with our heart, not with mechanical instruments. But we also need to appreciate that God has ordained these other purposes as well. And it's not enough just to have a worship service free of musical instruments. We need to attend to these other purposes as well. Our singing needs to be informed by these other things that God has ordained our music to accomplish. When we sing in worship, the person next to us hears us. The first time Sharon and I worshiped together, the song leader chose all of Sharon's songs. I don't remember worship that day, I'm sorry to say. But the person next to us hears us. And the person around us hears us. Everybody hears us. If you're sitting there not singing, they know that you're not singing. And we can bless each other in so many ways. We can encourage each other and we can challenge each other in our Christian walk. And not only that, but they do the same things for us. It is a mutual sharing. And more than that, we always want to remember that God is listening. Ultimately, the songs are for Him, not for ourselves. And He listens not just to our voices, but to our hearts. To what our hearts are saying as we sing this song. And so, we want to sing with this prayer that is found in Psalm 19 and verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The lesson this morning is really for the church. It's really not intended as an evangelistic kind of sermon. But there may be someone here, a brother or sister in Christ, who comes today in need of prayer and some other kind of need. And the purpose of this next song is to speak to your heart from ours and to encourage you to let us know what those needs might be. And there may be somebody here this morning who is ready to do God's will and to obey the gospel. And we're singing to your heart to encourage you to step out of the aisle, to come to the front, and to do those things that God has commanded in order to be saved. So let's stand and sing together.